Hey everybody, it's me, Luke, the podcaster without fear. Oh, is it me? Yeah, it's you. It's you. I didn't I I, I shortened up the the intro title just for you. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm I'm Marley and I'm with Age of Geek Media and the Age of Geek Podcast, and I love Daredevil. Yeah. And and you're 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 the best dang podcast avocado we have. <laughs> I don't even like <laughs> avocados. I feel like I'm in the minority. I know so many people love avocado and I just I can't get I can't get behind it. See, I I'm not a big avocado fan either unless they're avocados at law. Um and yeah, we will we will get to that. I, like. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pin that's um matte and foggy, but their bodies are avocados and it says avocados at law. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, okay, so welcome, everybody. We are going to be recapping the next episodes of Daredevil. And we're getting close to the end, so this is these episodes are going to be coming hot and heavy. Um, so episode 10 is where we're going to start, and this is Nelson v. Murdoch. Dun, dun, dun. So <laughs> as we last saw Matt, uh, he was pretty messed up uh, in his in his apartment, um, and Foggy finds him through that through that back door that that mysterious plot hole back door. Um, There's like three of them. He has so <laughs> many doors, and they always go to the one and then just give up every mm-hmm. time we've gone to see mm-hmm. Matt. Anyways, quit being so polite. Break into his house. <sighs> um, so we start the episode. Matt wakes up badly injured in his apartment. When he tries to sit up, Foggy uh, appears and cuts him off. Uh, He's angry and hurt by what he found out about his best friend. Foggy tells Matt that Claire came and stitched him up uh, after Matt prevented him from calling 911. Uh, The entire scene is very tense. uh, And this is all before uh, we cut to the the intro credits. Um, Foggy asks, are you even really blind? Um, fair question. Which is which is fair. fair. Question. <laughs> um, but this one is a, another. Uh, I feel like from the middle of the season on, we catch a bunch of flashbacks. Um, uh, I mean, I guess the whole series, a whole season one, has a bunch of flashbacks in it. Um, because we know, have young Matt flashback, we have young Wilson Fisk flashback, and now we have Matt. Oh no! And then we had Matt and Stick flashback, and now we've got oh, yes. Matt and Foggy flashback. Yes. That's four separate flashback well, sequences in one season. You know, on okay, small tangent about the flashback thing. Mm-hmm. So, as I've been watching this, um, the show because now it's on Disney Plus. There's, um, you know, how, like, um, at the on the home screen of the episode, it like kind of gives like a description obviously mm-hmm. of the episode, mm-hmm. but also like there's like a little description of what the show is. And one of the descriptors is film noir. Um, yeah. So like, what do you think of when you hear the term film noir? Yeah, I think of the, the 1940s, like detectives, um, mystery solving type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like that. I mean, that's what I think of as well. And when I I, I had to consult the internet to see a little bit more um, of what, you know, what is like kind of Mm -hmm. the the definition of war. And after reading this, I'm like, this perfectly describes Daredevil. 
Um, it's a style or genre of cinematog- cinematographic. Cine- Cinemagraphic? Cinemagraphic. <laughs> cin- <laughs> no, there's a T in there. It's not cinemagraphic. Cinematographic. Cinem- yeah, that's the word. What did you say? I don't know. <laughs> that word. Film marked um, <laughs> by it's it's by a mood of pessimism, fatalism, and menace. And the term was originally applied by a group of French critics to American thriller or detective films made in the period 1944-1954. And it's very like, it's also characterized by like elements like cynical heroes, stark lighting effects, frequent use of flashbacks, intricate plots, and an underlying existentialist philosophy. Hmm. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, yeah, I can see okay, that. Yeah, yeah, this checks out. Anyways, mm-hmm. I learned something new today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Film noir, everyone. Um, so, flashbacks. Uh, we go back to when Matt and Foggy first met, when Foggy has the worst goatee on the planet. <laughs> Just the little chin thing. He looks like he's Hair the... Hair wasn't bad? Yeah. Like, uh, he, he looked like he was the singer of a ska band. Um, probably was, but when he, when he walks in and he's he's like, yeah, is this, uh, this whatever room he goes, ah, who are you looking for? And he looks up and sees blind guy, which recurring gag that Matt then uses for eternity. When anyone asks him, you know, what are you looking for? What do you see? Um, but yeah, then they just, what else are you supposed to do? You know? (laughs) And then, and then, yeah, so, uh, and then they kind of like, you know, getting to know each other. And then he says, you know, hey, I, I recognize your name. You're from Hell's Kitchen. He's like, I'm from Hell's Kitchen. And then he remembers about what happened to him as a kid. Um, and then that's when Foggy's like, yes, because he clearly believes that with Matt at his side, his prospects for the fairer sex will improve. <laughs> um, um, Matt seems a little overwhelmed by Foggy's direct approach, but also is grateful that Foggy doesn't treat him any different than he would treat anyone else, which is why Foggy is the greatest. Yes. Best wingman ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut back to Matt's apartment in the present. Um, and they kind of talk about, uh, uh, it's, it's the answer to the, are you actually blind? Uh, and, He's he's like I just told you he's like yeah 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 world on fire or whatever but I, <laughs> do, can you see <laughs> and he's like yeah <laughs> or he's like how many fingers am I holding up as he flips them off um, he's like one <laughs> um, I don't think he needed to see to know which right how many fingers right and which finger was mm-hmm. holding up <laughs> uh, and then yeah so he he they kind of talk about that and they talk about uh, how he kept uh, his powers a secret for all those years from everyone. Uh, And then Foggy's mad that he told Claire and he was like, I didn't have a choice. I was unconscious and dying in a dumpster. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I had to, (laughs) I I lit the, like when I say I don't have a choice, I I didn't have a choice. Um, So um Foggy then asks uh, whether Matt shot those cops and blew up those buildings. And he was like, how, you know, how, how could you even say that? Why would you even believe that I could do that? And he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe because you've been lying to me ever since I've met you. Just a thought. Um, but Matt tells him that it was, it was Fisk. Uh, 
and then Karen calls on Matt's phone, which I love this scene because he's basically begging Foggy. He's like, don't tell her, don't, don't, don't say anything. Don't tell her. Don't and, <laughs> and Foggy, you know, picks up the phone and he tells her that Matt was in a car accident and that he's with him. And then again, I, I love this writing because then he gets mad that he now has to lie to his friends because of Matt's decisions. Um, it's, it's, it's such a good scene, such a good scene. Um, then we cut to Fisk and Gao. Uh, they meet alone and uh, Gao tells him the story about the snake who tried to bite an elephant and was betrayed by its ambition. Fisk asks whether he is supposed to be the snake or the elephant in the story. And the conversation turns uh, to Nobu. Uh, Fisk makes excuses for Nobu's death, pointing out that he volunteered for the task. Um, when the topic turns to the masked man, Fisk is forced to admit that he hasn't found his body. Uh, Gal wonders whether Fisk's ambition will turn to her next. Uh, she says, uh, he says that Gal's different from the others, which we'll find out why later on. Uh, mm-hmm. And that she has his respect. Um, Gal points out that Fisk used to be a si- of a singular mind, but now he's being pulled in two, dis- two directions by Vanessa. Uh, they switch to English, and she says there's conflict within him, and she encourages him to choose sides between savior and oppressor. And she says, choose wisely or others shall choose for you. Yeah, which is just very ominous. And mm-hmm. you kind of wonder, you know, like... I mean, obviously, yeah, it makes you wonder what's going to happen. Um, so I, I want to ask you, did you notice, okay, so this setting for this conversation between Gao and Fisk, they're sitting like side by side on this like little stone bench. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's, it's obviously like a rooftop because mm-hmm. um, it's definitely elevated from street mm-hmm. level. And there's like a fountain grass and like very neatly trimmed shrubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did this look familiar at all to you? Mm-hmm. This, d- yeah. What the, um what so mind so I, there's, I know what i well two things because i'm pretty sure they use this uh thing for two previous uh marvel movies um there is when uh peter saves mary jane in the yes. original spider-man yes. but it is also exactly. the location of the fantastic four's wedding in fantastic oh. four two rise of the silver surfer it's just the opposite way yeah. Like they film it from the building going out. Right. This is the right. one going back towards the building. But yes, they've used yeah. this spot before. Oh yeah. I know. When mm-hmm. I when I I mean cuz obviously I've I've seen this episode many times and I've always thought of this, but it reminded me when watching it again, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. where's where's Spider-Man and Mary Jane? Are they going to mm-hmm. like land over in the corner over there? Like is he going to drop her off and then uh web sling away?" <laughs> no, at this point Peter Tom Holland is running around. Uh, not, Toby. <laughs> not Toby. This is this is Tom Holland. Um, everything is Tom Holland. And, He's everywhere. Wilson Fisk might be Tom Holland. I don't know. Uh, I mean, so... might be Tom Holland. We don't know. <laughs> um, That's a little so... inside joke from something else. <laughs> So, uh, so we then cut to Ben. He's at his wife's side in the hospital and they, uh, talk about his most recent story and their life together. And, um, he says, 
that he was, you know, when he was young, he was like young and and fearless and stuff like that. And then she's like, oh, no, you were never fearless. You were. And then she just lays out all these qualities about how great he is at his job. And then he leans down and gives her a kiss. And then in the middle of the kiss, her eyes just kind of glaze over. And then she's surprised to see him again. So it's Mm -hmm. obviously some kind of memory like Alzheimer's or something like that. And you can see how hard it is for him Mm -hmm. that he has to like jump back into it. And then right at that moment, the, uh, head of the hospital comes in and tells him that the extension that he had applied for, for his wife to stay there had been denied. Um, so it's just, you know, and the hits keep on coming for, for Ben right now. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, in, so in Matt's, uh, we get back to Matt's apartment and foggy gets Matt's gear, uh, out of the chest. Uh, and he, Asked him where he ordered everything, and he said the internet. <laughs> um, Foggy yeah, then funny. wonders uh, where Matt learned how to fight, and then that's where Matt tells him about stick. And uh, he's like, "Cool, so a a blind guy taught you martial arts, sure." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, really." Um, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I know how it sounds, mm, but it's true, <laughs> right?" Um, and then we. Go to my favorite scene of this episode, which is the yes. the the last semester in law school when they're drunk and they're walking out and they uh, start joking about uh, Punjabi. Um, and he's like, "What Punjabi spoken by 130 million people? Punjabi is the language of the future." <laughs> and he's like, "Whatever." <laughs> I he's like, "Did you did you join that class for a girl?" He said, "No." He's like, oh, she was so hot. <laughs> and then he was like, he's like, he asks, how do you say lawyers in Punjabi? And he doesn't know. And then he uh, asks Matt how to say it in Spanish. And so he says it in Spanish and he goes, avocados. And that's where the avocados, the, the best damn avocados came from. But he's like, see, you should have taken Spanish with me instead of Punjabi. He's like, no, you only – and I love this little little drop. They said, you only took Spanish because of that Greek girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, uh, well, wouldn't I have taken Greek? No, she already knows Greek. <laughs> That's why she was in the Spanish class, um, which is uh, alluding to uh, Electra in the future. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. And he even asks, like, whatever happened to her? Or I don't even know what he mm-hmm. asked. But then he's like, Matt's like, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. We'll, we'll get back to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he asks him whether he gets the spins. He's like, I've got the spins. Do you get the spins? He's like, yeah, it's it's actually uh, maybe a l- little worse for me. And then he almost spits out because of his heightened senses. But he's like, you know, because it's like fluid in the inner ear. It's not an eye thing. And he goes, oh, that sucks. I thought you'd be immune to that. Um, <laughs> and then they funny. they uh, they talk about when Matt had his first drink and he was like nine. He's like, wow. <laughs> he said, well, no, it's because my dad got split right over his eye and he needed a, a steady hand to do the stitching. Uh, and then they, they Foggy starts imagining their glorious future with big fancy offices and steel and big high back chairs and glass windows overlooking the city. And uh, 
he says Murdoch and Nelson, and then Matt goes, no, no, Nelson and Murdoch sounds better. And he's like, ah, yeah, Nelson and Murdoch. Just good, good drunk bonding moment. Oh, yeah, um, it's a good bro moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's foundational as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, this, for this duo. Uh, then we get uh, Ben back in his office. He's looking at folders about hospice care for his wife. Uh, Ellison, his editor, offers him an editorial position uh, for a different section of the newspaper. And he says it's more money. It's better benefits. Uh, ben says he'll think about it um, and then thanks him because you can tell that this guy's obviously he's like, listen, man, I know you're going through a lot of stuff. Let me let me help you in what way I can. Right. Um but then um, we see uh, Karen, and she's entering the Nelson and Murdoch offices, returning from a run to the county clerk's office. She tries calling Foggy a recorded message saying uh, – she leaves a message saying that's important. Uh, when Ben startles her from coming out of one of the side offices, uh, he gives uh, her his box of cards and newspaper clippings saying that he's taking time off. He's going to take care of his wife. I believe one of the lines he says is, um, no, this is important. It's just not the most important thing in my life right now. And you're just like, ooh, yeah, Ben. Yep, I get it. Um, But then Karen. Oh, Karen. Does a little little conniving here. And she tells Ben about a nursing home she heard about upstate and says, you know, come on, take a ride with me, Ben. It's fine. Just take a ride with me. Karen. Uh, oh, Karen. Karen. Um, I feel like she has a string of just bad decisions from now until about halfway through season two. Yeah, sounds <laughs> uh, right. But um, yeah, so then we, we cut to Owlsley talking with Fisk. And he's chastising Fisk uh, for Nobu being burned alive to, uh, as the two of them and Wesley get ready for an event. Fisk wants Owlsley to talk to Gao to reassure her that everything is fine. Owlsley and Fisk can talk about Vanessa. Owlsley is quite uh, upfront about his concerns regarding these distractions. Um, yeah, Owlsley is like we say, stick is a dick. Owlsley is also a dick. Oh, totally. Um, he is, and all, every I remember the first time I saw it, all I could see is he was the guy and. I can't remember one of the, Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. I'll, it's, it's out of my head, but he was in another comedy movie and all I can see is this guy in that, oh. but like, um, now he's all serious and a jerk and I'm just like, he's a, he's a rich dick in this mm-hmm. show. He's yeah. Rich dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got blind, blind dick and rich dick. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's another t-shirt. Um, <laughs> Uh, it can be a couple shirt. You can, you can wear it out on a date night with your significant other. Oh, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love, I love again, the way they portray Owlsley. And again, we kind of touched on it a little bit before Leland Owlsley. He's a mob boss from the comics. He's loves Wolverine's haircut and decides that that's the haircut he wants in the comics. Uh, and Wait, he's got, really? I mean, not, Really, but if you look at his hair, it looks exactly like Wolverine's hair. Um, and I get it, it's trying to be wow. the horns of an owl, but it also oh. looks exactly like Wolverine's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's even got the mutton chops and everything, too. And the claws. Hmm. Look at that. 
He has, he carries claws. He's a little green suit. It's like if Wolverine and the Penguin were the same person. Oh yeah, um, we talked about this. We yeah, talked about yeah. this. I couldn't remember if we talked about it on the show or post show, but yeah, remember. he's he's yeah he's uh, Owlsley. The Owl's one of those. He's kind of become way more of a background character now. Much yeah. more of the way you see him in the show, where he's just a you know jerk. He's, he's just a, a jerk. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you, we get a lot of Owlsley in these last few episodes. Like he, he really takes a bit, bit more of a center stage on it. Um, so now we go back to Matt's apartment and Foggy gets a call from Brett Mahoney, the best cop in Hell's Kitchen, uh, who says that the junkie who killed Elena has been found dead for taking a dive off a building. Uh, Foggy confronts Matt about it and Matt's like, no, I don't kill people. <laughs> We've talked about this. Um, but he does admit that the night that he went to go fight where he got messed up, he, he admitted wanting to kill Fisk over Elena's death. Um, and that he got hurt, uh, after going to the warehouse with the intention of killing him. Um, then we get another flashback There's a little more recent flashback of Matt and foggy's internship at landman and Zach, uh, seated at a large conference table as a part of a legal team. Their firm is looking to bring in, uh, to bring a countersuit against a man who developed a serious disease through his work at Roxon, uh, own plant. Roxon. Roxon. Yep. <laughs> you'll, you'll see hints at Roxon even back in the, what was the first one? Uh, the agent 47, the one shot with agent Carter, that's where Ooh. she goes is the Roxon oil refinery. Wow. Um, I really, on. I mostly know Roxon from the first Spider-Man. Well, when I say first Spider-Man game, I mean the, the PS4 Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Roxon is a fill in the blank for whatever evil corporation that right. they're going to go with. Right. Um, in New York. <laughs> right. 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 Oil, you know, f- nuclear power anything bad anything bad is is usually rocks on there's a whole thor arc where it's thor versus the rocks on corporation which doesn't make sense and then if you read it it actually makes sense it's like thor versus oil barons that doesn't sound like it would be compelling but it's pretty good thor Um, Thor versus rich dicks mm -hmm. (laughs) yep yep there was a there was a thor comic i read not too long ago where he actually uh, he was just he like earth is where he goes for his like downtime. That's where he goes to relax and he's playing chess with an old man. And then he hears something about this team capturing a bunch of mutant children and he's going to turn them in. Could you imagine being, you know, just a, a thug in the whatever corporation and you've kidnapped some innocent children and you're like, man, this is the easiest payday I ever had. And then Thor walks through the door. Uh, not yeah. Spider-Man, not Daredevil, not <laughs> Thor, a god. He's like, you know what? Lightning. I quit. I'm done. I quit. Yep. Uh, take me to prison, please. Um, I don't like this job. Can I be no, excused? No. Right, right. Um, but yeah, okay. So uh, the guy's, you know, countersuit for the rock song corporation saying and they're saying that he breached his nda contract for disclosing trade secrets secrets and he says i spoke to my doctor about what is what gave me the cancer that is not that's my doctor that's not telling it to the public uh and matt can hear that he's telling the truth 
And uh, when Foggy has learned that they've been offered a position at the firm uh, after their internship, Matt kind of says, you know, I don't want to do this. Um, and then Foggy's like, all right. And just dumps out a box of stuff and starts packing his things up. He's like, let's go do this, man. Well, and like <laughs> that whole, yeah, like that whole scene, like that whole flashback scene, um, you know, especially when they start off in that conference room against this, this old man, like mm -hmm. it's very odd. Like they make it very obvious that like, yeah, Landman and Landman and Zach is like a, pr like a pretty like prestigious law firm mm -hmm. and like, you know, kind of like big corporate lawyers. And especially just with the, um, you know, the visuals of like, what is it like? probably like 10 people on one side of the conference table. And mm -hmm. then there's like the old man and like his, and his one lawyer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all just like, you know, just staring him down and it's just like, Oh wow. Like you can, you can just like that. You can definitely see how, um, you know, Matt is, you know, would want to like get out of underneath that, you know, he mm -hmm. wants to be able to, he wants to, he wants to be that lawyer on the other side of the table, helping the little guy. Mm -hmm. um you know so it's just i think it's like uh it's a really good like visual and like foreshadowing mm -hmm. um so then we jump back to the present and foggy is at the window of matt's apartment while matt is resting on the couch uh matt confronts him about one he's like if you're gonna say something just just say it man uh, and then foggy that's where he's like you know you can always tell when Foggy's about to, and Foggy's like, I, I really don't. And then they go into this whole bit about, you know, him being able to hear the heartbeat. And he's like, wait a minute. So every time that I have lied to you, you've known that I was lying. And what? You just played along? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I I have. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that's it. Because um, he's a good friend. Yeah, and then we and then we cut uh, to Ben and Karen who are in Ben's car, and they talk about Doris and how Karen hadn't realized how bad things were. Uh, they talk about how uh, about hard times and secrets, and we get further indicators that Karen is hiding some uh, some pretty heavy things from her past, um, which Ben probably doesn't even know about, uh, even uh, after his previous background check on her. Um, when they pull up to the retirement home, Ben realizes right away this is way out of his price range. But uh, Karen insists they take a look around since they're already there, and you can kind of see she's she's up to something. Um, she's always up to something. We uh, we then jump back with Matt and Foggy, and Foggy's now yelling at Matt, um, uh, and he wants to know how Matt went from just having heightened senses to doing what he does now. And again, this is one of uh, like heavy stories in in this episode where Matt oh, oh yeah says he used to listen to the sirens as a kid and he used to ignore it and he he did what his dad told him to do he didn't fight and then shortly after they left Landman and Zach Matt hears the cries of a young girl who's being visited by her father at night after. The mom goes to sleep and he tried to do the right thing. He tried to call child protective services to go over there, but the mom wouldn't believe it. And it kept happening. So Matt sa tells foggy, he caught up with him one night and attacked him. And again, one of the most brutal, <laughs> brutal fight scenes in this, um, where Matt is, he's just got a hoodie and some sweatpants on and he tied a bandana around his eyes 
and he just goes out there and he just beats the hell out of this this guy and he tells him you know if you ever touch your daughter again i'll know and then continues to beat him up and you see him get up and he's just covered his hands are just covered in blood um one of those things you wouldn't see Captain America ever do. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, not that, especially not that kind of rage like that, you know? Yeah, he yeah, he went off on the guy. Uh, and then he tells him that he spent however many weeks drinking from a straw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he said, I never slept better. <laughs> uh. um, and then uh, Foggy confronts Matt about all the years he must have been kept training saying that you've wanted to do this for a long time and maybe Matt can't stop himself. And then Matt just says, I don't want to stop. Yeah. He's like, which is just, yeah, just straight up. Um, so we go to the retirement home and Karen suggests they talk to one of the people that live there. And clearly she has someone special in mind because she went right to the room of a miss M this, this Dane. Uh, Karen prods her kind of about like, Oh, uh, when did your husband die? And she's like, oh, that was my third husband. And she cl- slowly walks it back to like, who was your first husband? And she's like, oh, he used to drink a lot. I never drank. And she says, did you ever have any kids with your first husband? And she's like, oh, he was such a sweet boy. And then she goes, what was your son's name? She's like, oh, Wilson. And that's when Ben's like, Wilson? Wilson Fisk. Uh, Wilson Fisk is your son. And then she's like, oh, you know, he, all he wanted him to do was stop and basically admits that Wilson Fisk killed his father. Um, We then cut to Wilson Fisk with Vanessa right at his side and he's giving a speech at a fundraising event for Fisk's charity. Um, And they kind of, you know, there's mingling after that. A senator comes up to him and says, hey, maybe you should run for office. And he's like, no, I'll leave that to the politicians. Uh, And he's like, let's go talk about this uh, zoning thing uh and then you just have owlsley um comes up and uh he's got a drink and or no uh the the waiter gives one to owlsley and and vanessa and as they're talking vanessa takes some drinks and then people start collapsing all around the floor and then she goes down and leland kind of like glances at his cup and drops it and goes oh <laughs> not suspicious at all. Well, um, and I think it's I think it's good to point out as well that like um Owsley like when the waiter came over like he was trying to get Fisk to like come and get a drink though. Like I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of interesting how he's like he's like trying to be like, "Oh, let's grab a drink." And Vanessa kind of just like pops in and is like, "Oh, I'd love one." And she just grabs it off the tray. Mm-hmm. Yeah um and wilson didn't take a drink he didn't he mm-hmm. didn't grab a drink off the tray he's he's yeah you can tell too that like he's trying to be a businessman and he's like no i don't want to drink mm-hmm. like i'm 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 talking business with right people. right um yeah so then a whole bunch of people go down and it's just chaos fisk goes running back to uh to vanessa um so then we go in matt's part in matt's apartment foggy is still furious with Matt saying he's going to get himself killed or find himself in prison and that he and Karen are now a part of this. Um, and they didn't even have any say in the matter, which is, is valid. He's like, you really gonna, really gonna believe that we didn't know anything about this if it goes to trial. Um, and then after delivering some hard truths about their relationship, foggy walks out the door, leaving Matt 
sad Matt on the couch. Sad um, Matt. And then we go to our final flashback scene where we see Matt and Foggy at a bar. Uh, and judging by the cuts on Matt's face, it takes place shortly after he beat the crap out of the dad that was uh, molesting his daughter. Um, and Foggy's drawn a sign on their, uh, for their door on a bar napkin and hoping that Matt will be able to feel it. They speak jokingly about the uh, commitments of going into business together and they make a toast to the future. Uh, and then finally, uh, uh, that's also, uh, I think that's where Matt says avocados at law, uh, mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, they cut, and then we get to the present and Foggy's in the office with the, the, the actual sign that had finally been made and he throws it into the garbage. And that is the end of episode 10. Yeah, overall, I really, really love that episode. Like any any time you cut like into like some of the deep um, emotional stuff and the connections between these characters, the better the show is. Because you think like there was other than that one fight scene in the flashback, there wasn't much action in this episode true. at all. Yeah, that's true. But it was yeah. it was so compelling. Yeah, it was still like pretty intense, you know, and mm-hmm. um you know, we're still gearing up for some like pretty big things and you know, but at the same time like it's giving us some good background on on what we need um to kind of, you know, especially to understand um well, I think one of the obviously yeah, the one of the biggest things was Foggy finding out about Matt mm-hmm. and have and finally having this confrontation because yeah, in this episode um besides the flashbacks, it all takes place in Matt's apartment. Mm-hmm. They don't leave. Yep. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of an interesting, um, you know, way of storytelling too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, it's really showing like how important, uh, how important this whole conversation slash argument is between Matt and Foggy. Like it needed to happen mm-hmm. and they really needed to, I guess, you know, they needed to hash this out because then, you know, we'll see later on just how much, like, I think, you know, I think it, it, it strengthens their relationship mm-hmm. in the end, but it's going to be a little rocky before it gets to that point. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very pivotal. Yeah. Very pivotal episode. All right. You want to, you want to yeah. move on to uh, episode 11? Yes, definitely. Okay. So episode 11 it's called The Path of the Righteous. Um, so this this episode um, kind of opens up in 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 an unusual way. The focus, you know, is 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 initially like there's like a um, an old cartoon playing on a television screen, and the camera zooms out, and it's there's a child just watching it in like a hospital waiting room, but then kind of chaos erupts because this is right at the moment when Fisk and his entire entourage rush in and he's carrying um, an an unconscious Vanessa. It's, you know, very dramatic. And, and Fisk is like, you know, getting everybody to help her. And, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, it's very like, uh, especially like the, well, I think it's kind of interesting too, where he like, you know, they had, they put Vanessa on a gurney and immediately, you know, people are attending to her and he wants to go back <laughs> with mm-hmm. them. And there's this tiny little nurse 
um, female nurse. Yeah, you can't go she, back there. And she like puts her hands on his chest and is like, sir, you cannot go back there. And she's just like so tiny mm-hmm. compared to him. But like, yeah. he, I mean, he, he, at first he's like, no, I need to, I need to. But then like he complies. Well, he said, yeah, he says, don't you know who I am? And she says, to. it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's what she said. It doesn't matter who you are. But then you also have got during this whole scene, you've got Owlsley going, oh, oh should I be, should I be checked out? Should I be worried? Um, Everyone's ignoring him. <laughs> is it, is, should I, should I, and the doctor's like, we'll have a nurse check you out. But he also goes, oh, this is a crap hole of a uh uh er and he was uh wesley's like it was the closest one and then he leans over to uh fisk and goes dr rosenberg's on a plane on his way here right now <laughs> yeah yeah i noticed <laughs> we don't that. Worry, we've got the good doctor coming yeah i noticed that too where it's just like yeah like obviously there's a more trusted doctor who's mm-hmm. on call like mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah we'll get him on a plane or whatever you know he's he's coming and yeah, no, it's 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 yeah. just another nod to his um his power, right? Mm-hmm. And influence. Um, but yeah, no, I I just kind of chuckle and also kind of cringe a little bit at Owsley in these mm-hmm. scenes because he's just like, well, I had a glass in my hand. Do I need to be checked out? And he's just like, he won't let it drop either, right? And you're just like, dude, chill. You're fine, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Dude, chill should be told to Owlsley at least six times in this episode. <laughs> Dude, chill. <laughs> oh my gosh. So then, anyways, we uh, we skip over to Karen, and she's knocking on the door to Matt's apartment, and he's he gets up slowly. And at this point, Foggy, you know, he's I mean, we know he's gone, um, mm-hmm. but and so Matt's just kind of on his own, just taking it easy. Um, and he uh, he's still in bad shape. Um, he finally opens the door and Karen is just like so shocked to see him. I mean, the, the thing too is like, yeah, we know that he was hit by a car or that's the story, right? That's what mm-hmm. Karen thinks happened. Mm-hmm. But like, he's in pretty bad state. So it's like. <laughs> yeah, that in his apartment is a disaster from the fight with Stick still. Oh, I there's didn't really just stuff. That. There's like a broken window up against the wall. The doors off the hinges, and she's like, "Sure, please tell me that car that hit you was expensive in German." And he goes, "No, <laughs> Japanese." <laughs> Ew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good joke. It's a good joke. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, she's definitely suspicious of Matt's version of the events. And he, um, you know, he grabs a beer and, and Karen's like questioning him and just like, like, do do you, do you want one? She's like, isn't that a little early? And he's like, yeah, it depends on the kind of day you're having. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. And so she questions him and, and she's like, well, does this have anything to do with Fisk? Cause yeah, because she, she saw, she knew that he went and talked to Vanessa. So she's assuming that something that's where it happened, right? right. That they went right. after him because he was seen talking to Vanessa. That's right. That was the last thing that, yeah, that she knew. Um, yeah. So then Karen um, fills Matt in about what she found out about Fisk's mother, um, about how Fisk killed his dad when he was a young boy. And Matt kind of gets after her for going to see her 
um, with Ben and especially without talking to him or Foggy first. And she's like, well, I tried, but you guys didn't answer your phones. Hmm, like, <laughs> right, right. You know, I tried jerk. Which is, which is like totally fair. Like she's like, yeah, you guys, you don't answer my phone calls. <laughs> Yep. Good point, Karen. So yes, Matt then asks Karen to go to the office and tell Foggy what she's found. Um, he also, you know, seems to kind of be on the verge to, to tell her something else, or, you know, he wants to ask her about something else and like, and he just decides not to, he kind of just leaves it be. And like before, before she leaves Karen, um, she like goes back over to the front door. She's like, Oh yeah, I got you something. And she gives him a balloon <laughs> and it's like a little Mylar balloon. And, um, she's like, it, it's got a monkey on it, you know, <laughs> which is just so funny because I mean, yeah, like to her, she doesn't know that Matt can like see it. Cause like, I, I'd like to believe that like Matt could totally like see what the image was on the balloon. And then she kind of just like hands it to him. So he's kind of sitting on the edge of his chair <laughs> And she kind of just hands it to him and like kind of puts it in his hand, like the string. And then like the camera kind of pans out and it's just Matt, like obviously, you know, not looking so good. He's kind of hunched over and he's just holding this balloon and you kind of get this silhouette um, shot of him in front of his big window. And it's just like, he's just a big boy. Got his balloon. It's like almost like comical a little bit. It would have it would have been had she tied the balloon to his wrist like they do to children at a restaurant, just so he wouldn't lose it. Why? Why didn't she do this? That would have been so much better, especially like because he's blind. Here he you go, Matt. Let me let me just let me just tie this on there for you. Oh man! He goes also- into crime fighting action with a monkey balloon tied to his wrist. Oh my gosh, I want to see that comic. <laughs> let's find a comic artist and have them draw. I know, it for I know him, a please. couple. I know yeah, a couple. I know you yeah, do. That's why yeah. I say, let's get one of them. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it also is just so funny to me too, because Matt, like, again, he's hurting. He's in bad shape mm. still. I don't think he, has he taken any ibuprofen at this point? Like, we don't know. He says, he says he'll <laughs> meditate. Okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Well, until then, yeah, he you can tell he's just not doing so good. And he's just kind of sitting there holding his balloon, looking all like, what do I do with this thing? And and then and then the scene ends. And it's just it's a it's a good scene. It's a good mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Then Foggy, um, we skip over to him and he is waking up in Marcy's apartment. Which so is unexpected. The, ca- <laughs> the character of Marcy is one of my favorite background characters in this show because of where you think the character is going when you first meet her, when they're, you know, trading barbs back and forth mm-hmm. um, in uh, episode five or six versus where she ends up being later on in later seasons is just great. It's great. And like I've I follow the the actress on Instagram and she loved every every moment of of Daredevil. She was a huge fan of the show. So I got a soft spot for for Marcy even when she's not being the nicest person. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I know. And like especially like in this moment um, you know, and and like it's it's kind of telling us like 
hey, there's something more to Marcy mm-hmm. here. And, mm-hmm. and and especially with her being back, and it's been a few episodes, you know, it kind of gives us some hope that that she'll be like a reoccurring side mm-hmm. character, especially if you're watching this for the first time and you right. and you don't know what's coming, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, no, I, I like her character a lot too. Mm-hmm. And so um, we see, we, uh, we see that Karen is calling Foggy on the phone and Marcy walks in the room. Like she, you know, Foggy's like, I don't want to answer it. Mm-hmm. And Marcy's obviously getting ready for work and they, you know, they're sassy to each other back and forth yeah. as they and do. I, yeah. And I like that, like Foggy lays in a jab there and she goes, Ooh, I kind of like that. And he goes, sorry. And she goes, hand there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, you can tell how, uh, their, their, uh, mm-hmm. type of flirting is, mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes, Foggy's just like, oh, I may never go back to work, like, at least not with Matt. Like, you can tell he's he's thinking about life mm-hmm. and, and the future and what he wants, and he's very sad about it. And she's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she's like, yeah, I don't care. Leave all that at the door. Yep. Lock, lock up. Lock, lock, lock the door on the way out. Goodbye. <laughs> and then we move on. So, yes. Uh, Fisk is, um, he's waiting, um, at the hospital for any sort of, um, news about Vanessa. Um, Owsley is there just still like, he's just there. And it's like, <laughs> dude, chill again. Yeah. He, dude, chill. <laughs> he questions Wesley, um, about Fisk. Like he's kind of having like a side conversation with him and he's like, well, how is Fisk going to run things in his current state? And it's like, like, bro, not the time. And also like, <laughs> how long has it been? Like a few hours again, right, dude, right. Cool. like the empire isn't the crime empire. Isn't going to like, you know, like turn on its, you know, mm-hmm. uh, head just like after a couple hours of Fisk being a little preoccupied with um, his girlfriend in the hospital, mm-hmm. dude chill how mm-hmm. many times am i gonna say that this episode um <laughs> there 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 th- maybe that's the shirt it's it's <laughs> owlsley and it just says dude chill <laughs> can it be can it be the comic book version of owlsley oh yeah oh yeah a 100 percent. okay, okay dude, chill. i want this t-shirt <laughs> okay um <laughs> <laughs> so yes he um yeah wesley <clears throat> wesley is just like again he he's definitely like his face is like really dude chill and so then owsley keeps speculating about like who was behind the attack and he's you know complaining and again about his Mm -hmm. own near demise and all of this and and then um francis who who's one of the um like the bodyguards of fisk Mm -hmm. you know he's on he's on that like you know kind of inner circle of body yeah he looks like he might be like the head of the like like the head of the detail, like Wesley's obviously the head of the security. And then Francis is like the next guy down in line. Yeah, exactly. Especially cause we see him so much later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so he approaches and tells them that three of the others who were poisoned from the um, benefit event have died. And then now um, Wesley asks Owsley to go speak with Gao and just kind of test the waters to see if he can figure out if she was involved or not. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so then we, that scene ends and we um, are back to Matt's apartment and Claire is there. We get to see mm. her this time instead of just her being talked about. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, she tells him, or she, you know, she's kind of, sti- uh, 
there's that particularly bad wound on his um kind of on his um abdomen yeah it's, it's where the it's where the hook went in and he dragged oh. him by it yep 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 <clears throat> so that one that one's pretty uh hefty uh-huh. and so she's cleaning the wound for him and just kind of you know helping make sure everything's okay and she's just telling him like look you really need to stop moving around you need to rest <laughs> right. knowing full well that he's not going to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you know he offers claire's a dr- claire a drink yeah and before she <laughs> and leaves and she's yeah like, she said no. she says no and he's like well it's the second time i've been turned down with a drink today and he's like she's like well you got a revolving door in here matt <laughs> yep someone had um, to say it no. <laughs> and i think i think this is uh, uh she she drops a line in this scene that made me think of you where she's like well i gotta see you with your shirt off again so <laughs> there's that <laughs> yeah that that definitely gave me a good chuckle <laughs> <laughs> i'm like mm-hmm, yeah um yep and then let's see. Oh yeah. Then she also, as she's leaving, she tells him that she's taking some time off. She's, she's getting out of town. Yeah. And, and um, she's, yeah, she says, she's like, what are you going to miss me? And he's like, and what if I said, yeah. yeah. And that's when she's like, all right. She sets the bag down and then has a little bit more of a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And she, um, you know, she, she kind of, she kind of gets a little philosophical here Mm -hmm. and she warns him about what always ends up happening, um, you know, to, to, to saints and martyrs and that especially where they, they usually end up bloody and alone. So again, it's just some, there's a lot of like, um, you know, scenes like this where it's just like very like ominous and possibly Mm -hmm. foreshadowing too. Mm -hmm. And and then Claire will return in the next Defenders installment. Should have popped up on the screen. Seriously, <laughs> she is she is the Nick Fury of the Defenders. It's she's true. the one that knows all of them. She's the one that connects all of them. She's the one that gets them all together. She's Nick Fury. Or or would you say she's more like Coulson, Agent Coulson? Mm, maybe, but like. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, but I just, that's a, that's a good, that's a good comparison. Especially like, especially like early on. Maybe she is agent Nick Coulson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. She's agent Nick Coulson. Yes. But yeah, no, there's, (laughs) you know, it's, it's easy to forget about Coulson. Which is sad because he's, he's great. The best. I, he's, he's a great the best. character, and I like that actor a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Sorry, Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg. I did know that. My God, met him outside a bathroom in San Diego Comic Con in 2015. Wasn't awkward at all. No, I don't. I wouldn't imagine it would nope, be. Not nope. at all. Very nice gentleman. <laughs> okay, so then um, we skip over to Karen, and she's uh, meeting with Ben, and he's he's upset with her uh, for the way that she deceived him about going to that care center. And she's just like, well, I needed you. And he feels betrayed and says that the one who really needs him is his wife. And Karen's just like, she's just like, I don't know if she quite gets it or she's just so, she's just really excited about like what they found out. And so she's like, well, you got to print it. Like, let's do this. You know, we have, we have the smoking gun. Like let's do something about Mm -hmm. this. And Ben is very doubtful that it will do any good. Um, however, 
you know, and, and Ben then says, you know, they might not have to do anything. Um, you know, especially like the suspected like poisoning, um, you know, was actually an attack that someone was trying to kill Fisk. Like there's, there's, you know, all these other like piece moving pieces. And so they're Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe we, you know, something else will come up. So let's just wait kind of for now. Mm -hmm. So then we skip over to Fisk and he's waiting outside Vanessa's room when Wesley joins him and he's comforting him. He's, he's being not only his right hand man, but he's trying to be a friend. Yeah. Wilson's only friend. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fisk tells him um, what Gauss had said about fate and how he needed to choose paths. So he's, you know, kind of, again, he's feeling very like um, philosophical in this episode as well. And he Mm kind of asks Wesley to make arrangements to send Vanessa away to safety if she pulls through and um, the doctor comes out to see them and it's good news. Mm -hmm. Um, And Wesley, you know, we see Wesley smile. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like Vanessa, especially with, uh, what is it? Dr. Rosenberg. Is that mm-hmm. what we said? Yep. So Dr. Rosenberg, he came, he came through. <laughs> it's a good thing he showed up. <laughs> mm. Okay. So then we're back to the church and, um, father Lantham comes by and, um, Matt's there and he, you know, he tells him, Oh, you just missed the morning services. And he's like, well, are you here for confession? And, or, or do you want some coffee? And Matt declines both. And so they kind of just sit there in the pews and talk and, um, especially what happened after their last conversation. And Matt like flat out asks him, like, if he knows, like, mm-hmm. you know, do, 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 you know? do you know what I'm talking about? You know? right? And Father Lansom's like, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I had a pretty right, good idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I put that together, champ. Yes. And <laughs> um, you know, as as to like the how of it all, like Matt simply says like um that it was an accident, like as a kid, but one that he used to believe, like he used to believe like it was God's will and and um, you know, like Matt Again, like everyone's getting philosophical in this episode. Oh, they get yeah, they get theological uh, as as well too yeah. when they're talking about God putting uh, the devil in him, but also the angel that holds that fights back against that devil, mm-hmm. and oh, that's yeah. what stops him from going all the way. And it's, it's it yeah, oh, deep yeah. into the cat the Catholics on this one. Oh yeah, for sure. And just like talking about like purpose and if everyone was made for a purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that, all of that good stuff. So they have a good conversation. Mm. And then Matt, um, he's now meditating in his apartment. So there we go. He, he, Mm -hmm. he is meditating. Mystical ninja stuff. (laughs) But he, you can tell that he has a hard time calming his mind. Mm -hmm. Um, He's flashing back to his fights with Nobu and Fisk and, he he gets up um and goes to the chest that holds his suit and he's opening it and then now we he see feels, him. yeah he feels the cloth yes he feels it and that kind of kind of uh what's what's the word it kind of like a light bulb kind of goes a, off a revelation yes <laughs> or a realization <laughs> yeah that's like hmm i uh I need to do and, something about this. And that's what um, uh, Claire, when she's in there, she says. Oh, yeah, she um, made the same comment. Yeah, she said, I oh, no. I told you you need to start to wear some armor. And he goes, yeah, you know what? Armor. I think you might be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yep. She mentions the body ar- the need for mm-hmm. body armor yet again. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, so, oh, look at that. I was right. Hmm. So then next we see uh, our best friend, Turk. Oh, Turk. Oh, this Turk. guy, the king, the king of bad decisions, Turk, <laughs> um, who just no matter what he does. Yeah, seriously. Uh, he usually ends up with someone putting a gun in his face or or punching the hell out of him. Oh, yeah. Which, in this case, Matt does. He mm-hmm. He's hunting him down. He's following him up on the rooftop or up to a rooftop. And he, like, kicks away his gun and threatens him to not try anything with, like, any other weapons. He's got tucked away. Like, he mentions, like, don't go for the knife in your in your boot or the mm-hmm. one on your side or this or that. You know, and it's mm-hmm. very, like, again, you... We we get to see a little moment of of He's Matt's like, Wait a minute, how the abilities. hell did he know that? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, you know, Matt is wanting information, and he keeps he keeps beating Turk a little bit more than he needs to. And he's and, like, "Oh, you don't know where he gets it? Cool." He starts to throw him off the edge, and he's like, "No, no, no, no! Body armor, body armor! Yeah, yeah, I might know a guy." <laughs> so then we skip back to the hospital, and Matt, or not Matt, <laughs> Fisk receives a phone call from his mom, but he doesn't answer. Instead, he walks over to Vanessa's bed and he's kissing her lightly on the forehead. And, um, you know, obviously he's very happy that she's going to like, she's, she's fine now. Um, she's going to pull through the, the worst is over, you know? So then he goes back into the hallway and he's like, Hey, Wesley, I need you to call my mom back and see what she needs. And then he goes back into the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, before that, Owsley pops up because he just does that. Mm-hmm. He just is like, Yo. he's just there all the time. <laughs> it's it, it, like the worst times too. And he's like, how's Vanessa? How's her condition? Is she okay? And he tells, I love how like, I love how like uh, Fisk just totally just like, ignores, ignores him, him right. and just like yep. goes back into Vanessa's room. And Wesley's just like, <sighs> okay, I'll talk to him. I guess. <laughs> and um, you know, he finds out that Gao didn't give him didn't give Owsley much of anything. Right. He's and like, then, Well, what did she say? He's like, I don't know. She was speaking Chinese. <laughs> he's like, I get the feeling that she doesn't like me very much. And he's yeah. like, Wesley's like, Yeah. No, nah, I get that. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, yeah, Fisk just needs to get back to business. And so Wesley like sends him away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dude, just like chill and just, you know, leave Mm -hmm. dismisses him. Mm -hmm. And he, then we see Wesley, um, calling, um, Fisk's mom, Marlene. And Mm -hmm. she, he finds out that, um, she had a visitor. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Oopsies. Mm -hmm. Wonder who that visitor was. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, especially, especially with Wesley being the one to like talk to her because like he, especially I feel like is very aware of, um, you know, Karen and Ben. Yep. I mean, he sat or he, you know, he's. Well, he was the one that was trying to coordinate Karen getting killed in the first couple episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then he knew, well, I'm trying to remember in those episodes where he was, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but basically he was like, Hey, Nelson and Murdoch, I need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he like goes and like hires them. Was Karen yep. ever around at that point? Yeah. Because he makes that comment. He's like, Oh, do you hire just the good looking ones That's that you defend? 
Okay, okay. Um, so they did have like a face-to-face encounter. Yeah, yeah, and he was the one that was trying to blackmail the guard into killing her in the jail cell. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Memory's coming back. We're good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so anyways, yeah. Especially if like a tall blonde woman, young, long blonde hair, asking lots of questions, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very obvious. (laughs) Uh, So then... Um, we are now at Melvin Potter's workshop. And which, yes, which yep. we um, we kind of talked about previously, but we couldn't remember. We, we jumped the gun slightly. This is where you get to see Melvin's workshop and you get the little uh, the drops of uh, yeah, yeah. The Easter eggs of other things like stilt man stilts Mm -hmm. and the the buzzsaw and the gladiator poster on the wall yes exactly yeah because in the previous scene that was more focused on um, wilson getting the and and owsley you know getting some uh basically body armor in their suits Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's helping he's uh he's helping owsley get set up Mm -hmm. we already know that that wilson is he you know we even saw that in like gosh like second or third episode when he, when he fights uh the russian, russian. Mm-hmm. yep takes a yep. swipe at him with a knife yes exactly so then um you know matt is checking things out um in this workshop he, he takes his glove off and he's feeling the fabrics and and just you know just checking things out mm-hmm. seeing if he's maybe in the right place <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we hear um Melvin enter and he notice he notices that someone's touched mm-hmm. his things. Yep. He's and like, then this he, is not where I left it. Yeah. And he discovers Matt and you know, he's like, you shouldn't be here. And then he starts attacking him and the two fight in the workshop. And this mm. is when we see um, Melvin throw some of those saw blades. <laughs> yep. Too, and yep. you're just like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, um, yeah, what and it's it's one of those things where you know Matt did not expect this kind of fight when he goes to a clothing designer. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it's this hulking man who beats the crap out of Matt for most of the fight. Like he is oh, just yeah. physically dominating him. Oh yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or he knows, you know, he knows how to fight. Like he knows. Mm-hmm. Um so then, uh, Wesley, um, you know, he's, oh, oh, we're showing a, showing a comic here. Yeah. It's the gladiator. It's his first gladiator. appearance. That's his, that's Look his costume him. with his buzz saws. I love it. Yeah. He's huge in that, yep. um, comic. Yep. Like he's like mm-hmm. tall and very broad shouldered. Yeah. He's a big man. <laughs> he is a big man. Um, so yeah, then we skip over to Wesley. Um, he's on his way out and he's still talking to Marlene and he, he asks Francis. So again, you know, security or, you know, bodyguard number one and mm-hmm. asks for his gun and the keys to the car. And he's and- like discreetly cause guy just starts to pull his gun out in the middle <laughs> of the hospital. And he's like, bro, like, dude, <laughs> maybe, maybe bro chill needs to be, uh, uh, the picture of Wesley's face. When he's just had it with people, this is bro, chill or dude, chill. <laughs> oh, seriously, and and like even like Francis is kind of like, 
you know, like, well, do you need me to come with? Like, why are you? No, I don't want you to take these things. You know, mm-hmm. do you want me to come with you? And he's just like, no, every, I'm doing this alone. Like, so he leaves. Mm-hmm. Stay with the big man. Exactly. He wants as many people on Fisk as possible. So he's, he know he feels confident that he can go take care of whatever he's going to go take care of. Mm-hmm. So then we are back in um, Melvin Potter's workshop and they're still fighting and Matt finally subdues Melvin who then starts crying, which mm-hmm. is just kind of interesting because you're like, whoa, where did these emotions come from? You know, mm-hmm. and he just keeps saying, well, Fisk is, Fisk is going to hurt Betsy. I don't yep. want him to hurt Betsy, yep. Betsy, Betsy, so, Betsy. And it's so, like this woman yeah. who like helps him when he gets. So, confused. yeah. So a little, yeah. So a little background on it is in, in the comics, uh, Melvin is, was the gladiator and he was, you know, he, being confused is when he was angry and Betsy is his therapist mm-hmm. and psychiatrist and she takes care of him and they end up um, becoming involved. Mm-hmm. And that's that's who Betsy is. So she's she's Betsy is genuinely a very good person. And I believe later later on uh, in a later season we get a little bit a little bit more of that. I think it might even be season three where we get Betsy and Melvin returning. Um, yeah, we actually get but, to see Betsy. Yeah, but so that's that's what she is. And and Melvin Potter is he's got some mental issues where he's a little bit slower. And I love when Matt realizes this when he's crying and he's just like, oh, hey, hey, let's talk this out. And he gets down on the floor with him and he sits down there and he puts his hand on his shoulder and and he and he talks with him instead of continuing to punch people in the face, which is really Matt's M.O. up until this point. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, cool. Exactly. I'm just going to keep punching you. But but, yeah, you can see that that he's he really wants to help him yeah for sure and but he at the same time like he also sees he sees his way in he -hmm. sees that like hey if i can show melvin that we have common interests and that i'm here to help him yeah and kind of like talk him into that and Mm -hmm. especially using kind of like a more calming and soother soothing voice Mm -hmm. then um you know he can like show like hey i'm I'm a good guy. I'm trustworthy. Um, I live up to my promises, mm-hmm. you know, which he does. He promises that he will um, do something about Fisk so that Betsy can be um, safe. And so he's like, well, um, he wants a suit. Like he needs, you know, he needs help with this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and Melvin's like, oh, do you want a suit like Mr. Fisk's? And he's like, mm, not, well, yes, but, not quite. I want something mm. very special. And he's like, I want, I want a symbol. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, Ooh, chills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we find uh, Karen and she, uh, she walks into Josie's bar and she finds foggy drinking alone. She grabs a glass for herself and tells him that yeah. he's, he's a dick for not answering her calls, like, which is you, fair. You know, you're a dick, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I know. He's ha- he is going through a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And like Karen's going through a lot. Like, I feel like everybody has like a fair point mm-hmm. <laughs> in they're very yeah. they're validated yeah. in their mm-hmm. feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I heard your messages, you know, but like what you have on Fisk, like it's not going to be enough. 
Mm-hmm. And Karen asks about him and Matt. And Foggy says, yeah, we're just going through a rough patch. And Foggy admits that he, he wants to talk, but he can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she keeps pushing him. And she's like, if you say it's complicated, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> and yeah. then that's when he slams his hand down. He's like, personal. It's it's personal, Karen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, which is just like it's it's one of those moments where you kind of want to shout at the TV. It's like if you just talk about it, like just talk to someone, mm-hmm. then you can like you know like get some help. You can help mm-hmm. like fix things. Like Karen obviously cares about you and wants to help. She's involved, so like come on. And yeah, but, but then you also yeah, but you also see it from his that. perspective where he knows that if she knows, she's going to be in danger, and he cares about her too much to put her in danger, so he well, can't. Well, yeah. Well, especially, so, yeah, especially like, yeah, given that piece yeah, where, yeah. you know, Matt's, um, ide- you know, his uh, mm-hmm. vigilante identity, mm-hmm. but even just, you know, it, it's just, it's the whole thing with like, it's that whole trope, right? With like TV shows and movies where it's like, your problems would be solved if you just do this or this, but you mm-hmm. know that plot wise, like they're not going to do that because right. they need to carry on the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's just so frustrating. And I, I yell at the TV sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> Even though I know what happens. I've seen this. I've seen this <laughs> times. Um, but anyway, so then um, Karen's like, fine. And she leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we see her calling Matt. And he doesn't pick up. Surprise, surprise. And she leaves him a message and she's just like, Will you guys get your shit together? Like, come on. Right. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on. So then she calls Ben and she tells him about Matt and Foggy and how everything just seems to be falling apart. And she doesn't know what to do. She feels like mm-hmm. it's almost like she feels like she needs to be the glue that holds everybody together, but nobody's mm-hmm. talking and she can't do anything about it. And she we also kind of realize too, like, she doesn't have anyone. Right. Yeah. It's just them. And she Ben doesn't really have a lot of friends or like when we, she doesn't have family, mm-hmm. especially not in the city, you know? And so it's just yeah. very like she, it, yes, her world to her, like everything is literally falling apart. Mm-hmm. So yes, she tells Ben this and she thanks him for being there for her. And they, you know, let's talk tomorrow kind of thing. Like, you know, we'll, you know, go home, rest, you know, we'll talk tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then we see Ben looking at old photos and um, he spots in a, um, an old photo, he spots one of Bill Fisk's campaign signs in the background. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Oh, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. And just when she, um, so Karen's at home and just when she's about to open her front door, she's attacked from behind. Dun, dun, dun. You know, mm-hmm. then it all of a sudden changes again. Mm-hmm. And um, Fisk is talking to Vanessa. She's still unconscious, but he's talking to her about his childhood and also like his, re- he, again, like we're getting some, yeah, we're kind of getting philosophical and theological mm-hmm. again. And he's talking about his relationship with religion. And he's like, I can't pray for you, but I can make a promise and I'm going to make the people who hurt you suffer. Mm-hmm. So then we switch over. sorry we switch over to karen and she wakes up and she is gasping for air and she's fine she finds herself seated at a table in an empty room and you can tell that she's trying to get her uh 
her like arms like back mm-hmm. into you know working like everything working, yeah. is kind of like asleep mm-hmm. and she's trying to you know she's fidgeting and trying to mm-hmm. yeah kind of figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and wesley walks in and sits down across the table from her and mm-hmm. he talks about how they um initially you know they they dismissed her as a threat uh-huh. they even tried to you know buy her silence you know they it she was just supposed to go away and stop trying mm-hmm. and he like takes out a gun and puts it on the table between them and mm-hmm. then he goes on and tells her that he knows he knows that she and ben went to visit fisk's mother and but also just so you know i haven't told fisk yet and I have a new I have a new offer for and, you. Yeah, and he's like, I'm surprised she remembered, but she did remember the 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 pretty blonde girl with the blue eyes. Yes, exactly. And so he's like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna change things up a little bit. And he has a new offer to make her, and it's a job. Mm-hmm. Which is just like, okay, no. <laughs> yeah, but you're, before you're getting, your job is going to tell uh convince Ben that the story was all just made up and definitely yeah. doesn't need to be printed. Yes, exactly. And and also, you know, I I think not only that, but like it sounds like he wants I could see them trying to get Karen to like kind of be that like behind the scenes kind of like fixer type person. Mm-hmm. as well like especially knowing that she kind of has a little bit of like a a dark mm-hmm. history and a you know mm-hmm. and so they could definitely you know if she agreed mm-hmm. um to even work for fisk like she could be yeah. pretty useful given mm-hmm. her her skills and, and intuition mm-hmm. um but then we also see um let's see trying to what is this yeah it cuts it cuts back to the hospital and francis yeah. is trying to get something oh, for yeah. fist to eat and he he has like where's wesley oh yeah he's <laughs> just like why are you like why are you bugging me and like, why are you speaking yeah. to me where's wesley yeah exactly <laughs> and then yeah this is when that he yeah fisk learns that wesley just like took off to attend to something and was very secretive about it that's right that's right and then again yeah wesley he wants um karen to so yeah, like we want you to spread the gospel of Fisk, you know, essentially like we want you to, you know, help us out here and we won't kill you in return. Hmm. And Karen, of course, refuses because we know Karen, Karen, Karen is, you know, she, she wants to do good. Right. And, um, he tells her, Wesley tells her that like, okay, well, we're going to kill, um, everyone around you and then we're going to come for you kind of thing mm-hmm. and then wesley's phone rings because fisk is you know he's wanting to know what's going on with wesley right and he in that moment of distraction karen grabs the gun yeah i love and i love yeah i love this wesley's just tries to bluff his way out of it he's like you honestly think i would put a loaded gun in 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 between or uh uh where someone could grab it. How stupid mm-hmm. do you think I am? And that's, yeah, that's well, when, well, and yeah. doesn't say like, what makes you think, I think this isn't the first time I've shot somebody. I've shot somebody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and also like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, if you, if you've been, if you've like 
been shooting like at like a range or whatever, if you, you know, if you've handled a handgun before, mm-hmm. there is a distinct difference from when the gun is not loaded versus when mm-hmm. it is. There is a right. weight difference, yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. like, yeah, like if Karen were to, you know, like she grabs this gun and, mm-hmm. you know, she, we, knows. Oh, she yeah. knows that's like, um, no, it's, it's definitely loaded. She's, mm-hmm. she doesn't believe his bluff at all. And Wesley, you know, he he tries to, okay, I'm going to get up and, you know, do something about this. And instead, Karen shoots him. Like seven times. times. <laughs> yeah. And she, she, she made sure. That's for, that's oh, for yes. sure. And she grabs the gun. Um, she We see her wiping off the table, you know, trying to get rid of fingerprints and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and around where she's been sitting. And she books it out of there. Mm-hmm. She does not stay any yep. longer than she needs to. Mm-hmm. And that episode ends. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a it was a great episode. Great episode. Lots of build up for these for these last two, uh, for sure. Oh yeah. Well, and even just seeing like, I don't know. It's I feel like Wesley dying is pretty huge. You know, we because you're like, oh, when Wilson finds out, oh, yeah, exactly. Because oh, no. <laughs> we we've already seen so many different moments of. Wesley and Fisk's like relationship mm-hmm. and we know how impactful it is. We we've seen how he reacts when Vanessa is like threatened or hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's like You know it's ah. gonna be the same with Wesley. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know it's gonna be exactly the same. This is not good. Not good yeah. for Karen. Not good for anyone. So nope. nope. She they we cannot no one can find out. <laughs> yeah, right. So but yeah, no, it was a yeah. good episode. Um, yeah, but I, so I think that's where we're going to end this episode. Um, let them know where they can uh, find our stuff yeah. and then where they can find you. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Check us out on, on Instagram. We're at heroes of underscore hell's kitchen. And we post about our new episodes on there, as well as other fun um, Daredevil things that we that we find. Um, so make sure you check us out there. Um, feel free to comment on our our posts or, or send us a DMs. Um, let mm-hmm. us know how we're doing with our with our podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we we love feedback, and mm-hmm. we also would love to hear um, you know what what you think of the show. So definitely hit us up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I'm I'm Marley and I'm with Age of Geek Media. You can find me on the Age of Geek podcast and um, my video game podcast, Cutscenes and Cupcakes, both of which are on a holiday break right now. But there are plenty of episodes that you can catch up on in the meantime, wherever you listen to to podcasts. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, you can find me over at the Nerd Dome podcast. Uh, we're talking all the all the nerdy comics goodness uh, and also the uh, Push My Buttons Games podcast where we, we also speak of games. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And oh, you. W- we're excited for uh, the next episode oh, with the finale. Last two episodes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.